<laughs> Sorry, did, did you just, you hear just me nibble <laughs> into the microphone? I'm not oh sick. Oh my god. Oh, okay. It's, I'm so sorry, listeners. We can literally just restart, but we're not going to. No, just ugh, that was gross. It was like in my ear. <laughs> Ew. It's like we take two I'm weeks not, off and yeah. you're like, what's podcasting? It's like we've been married for 40 years and there's just no illusions anymore. Soon enough we'll be writing to Dear Abby. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Abby, my podcast partner. Snips. So, snips. Um are you going to, like, do you think we'll be okay today? Because I'm I'm not drinking while we record. This is our first sober podcast. I'm oh. not drinking, though, because I'm trying to get a beach body. For what? Are you going to the beach? Eventually, I will. Wow. <laughs> like, in a few months. Um, wow. I just drank, like, I feel like every day of the week in December, I was drinking. Yeah, me too. Um... My wife's birthday's in December, so that that creates like a few nights of drinking, Christmas stuff, whatever. So then January, like I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing well, but like we were eating dinner the other day and she was having wine and I was like, can I just smell it? Can I just oh, smell see, the wine? Makes, I worry about <laughs> you still. I still am drinking and I'm less worried about my own alcohol consumption than I am yours, even though you're not drinking. I'm fine. Because if someone, if I quit drinking beer. Okay. I just don't think I'd ever be like, oh, God, can I sniff it? Mm, those hot. Yeah. Was that a good noise? That was gross. <laughs> yeah, you sniffed into the microphone, okay? And the wine. And it smelled great, and I was like, ah, oh, can I just, like, a little bit, I feel... Yes, because you chose to do this. You can end it any time in any form you see fit. I feel great, though. That's great. I actually don't you feel any tense. different. I don't yeah, feel any seem... different. I'm vulnerable and you're tense. This yeah. is us podcasting. This is going to be great. <laughs> okay, here we go. Sober podcasting. But welcome to episode 10. This is episode 10. Do you know that? This is episode 10? Yeah. I'm so proud of us. I'm, we're just rolling. We're just picking up steam. 2018, so the year of crushing. Just crushing. Just crushing. Um, how was your week, though? Did you have a good week? I did stand up. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Every podcast is like one after the other. You're just crushing it. Again, my New Year's yeah, resolution. That was your resolution. It. So, all right. Uh, no, it went pretty well. Good. I mean, someone described it as, quote, fucking hysterical, but structurally a mess. Yeah, it's like a backhanded compliment. Like, yeah. Is it even backhanded or is it just like slapping in the face? <laughs> um, aside from stand up. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to Jamaica next month. La di da. Oh my god, I'm so cool. <laughs> um, but I'm going with uh, like a sports team. Like they're not obviously varsity, but they're all like really fit. Mm. And like, what sports team? Like the New put, England Patriots? Yeah, I'm actually going with <laughs> David Beckham and his family. Mm. Um, that's the only athlete's name I could think of. Good. good. Does he still play? Uh, no. Is he retired? Yeah. Oh my god. I think he's isn't he late forties. I don't know. No, I don't know how. Sad. Uh, okay, sorry. So I'm going to Jamaica with uh, some people that play like a lot of sports and they're super athletic, and they would be like the cool kids in high school. Um, and I feel like I just don't quite belong. So actually, a lot of my time is being sucked up right now with trying to figure out how to like play sports. But I'm not committing to actually practicing any sports. I'm just committing to watching videos okay. of like, this is a, a beach volleyball game so I can see how people <sighs> run in sand without tripping. 
I look like a beached seal when I try to swim, just like flopping. Didn't you do swimming lessons? When I was 18. Oh. Yeah, can we cut that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm Uh, feeling so vulnerable. Yeah, you are. And I'm feeling really agitated. (laughs) No, just kidding. Um, Okay, well, if you need me to teach you any sports... Are you particularly athletic? Wow. Okay. It's just, I'm being completely honest. Um, no, no. Which is great good. for when you're agitated. Good. Uh, I just, if I thought through my friends. Um, okay. I was like, who could teach me okay. how to look good playing sports in sand in Jamaica? I'd be like, do, 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 do. I guess Ryan. I'm incredibly sportive. I am. Uh, people described me in high school as uh, just so sportive. I no. I think they meant you were emotionally supportive. You I, see, w- I would definitely call you in an emotional crisis. You are so supportive. What, I, I, what I've been really realizing lately, um, if you had asked me if you cared about my life, I have been watching a lot of John Hughes movies. Okay, by the way, this nope. the whole nope. part of the podcast nope. is we ask each other. It's like one person. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but anyway, so this is like a totally aside. And I, I jumped ahead here. John Hughes. But he is so he is so funny in the way he like categorizes people. And he's like, all right, you character, you're the jock. You yeah. are the nerd. You are the like. Ex- is this your first experience with John Hughes movies? No, but first experience kind of going back and watching like. 16 Candles Breakfast and Club. Breakfast Club. Um, Did you watch Pretty in Pink? I haven't. Oh. Re- yeah. Ducky is my soul. Yeah. Sorry. And, sorry. Well, back no, to you. Back I don't really me. care. Oh, my goodness. Good. And then, yeah. And then so I'm thinking, okay, John Hughes, I don't fit in any of these. But it, like, I know he does it kind of to, like, comic effect, but it's, Yeah. Do you think, okay, because I watch a lot of, like, 10 Things I Hate About You, Easy A, The Duff. Ask she's all that esque movies yeah. about high school in America. Yeah. Do you think it's that different from high school in Canada? Because did your high school have like the the jocks and the cheerleaders and the band geeks and the goths and the entrepreneurs? Not the entrepreneurs, <laughs> but <laughs> all the guys walking around with, like turtlenecks dressed like Steve Jobs. Well, have you not seen Clueless? There's like yeah. a group in Clueless uh, that's like the budding millionaires or something. Yeah, we had those groups. So we had the really? goth kids. We had Regina? the Yeah, what for hell? sure. What group were you in? Oh, sorry. The athletes. <laughs> it's as if I was the quarterback. No, I was like I, I was in the like the religious group. Which was oh, another that was like a, yeah. oh, was it like saved? Were you Mandy Moore? I haven't seen Saved <gasps> because at the time I was told it was an evil movie. Oh, it definitely. <laughs> so is. I have yet to go back and okay. So were you? Them. Can I ask you questions about this? Uh sure. Or do you want to talk about John Hughes? Movies? No, go ahead. I'll go back to John. Okay, Hughes. so I was also religious in high school. Um, yeah, nobody's surprised. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to claim I was sportive. So I. I was, but go ahead. Okay, so I would, like, not talk about it at, at all in high school, except for, like, September to October, when I'd be coming off my high of Bible summer camp. Mm. I would just be going through the hallways being like, can I pray for you? Or if, like, someone was having struggling in, like, math class, I'd be like, you know who could help you with that? <laughs> G-O-D. Mm. Were you... And then people would come to you after, like, I prayed and I failed hard. <laughs> I failed so I didn't study at all, but I prayed. 
Um, were you similar to that or were you just like, you just hung out with the other cool Christian kids? Yeah, like we we went to a pretty big church. And so um, I had enough of us <laughs> church squad that oh, I no like, I was just squad. myself, like I didn't have friends really outside of that. I mean, I wasn't a Christian band and everybody knew oh that. Oh my God. Did you ever perform at the high school dance? Yes. At oh, the- not at the dance. No. Cause we were like, cause we hung with the goth kids when we performed <gasps> cause we played like metal. <laughs> I don't think it's funny. I think I was, you, I was a chameleon. In a Christian metal band. Yeah, of course. Can you just for no, a no. quick sec? No. Just like you don't need to perform the lyrics, but could you say some of the lyrics, no. please? No, please, if, no. please. It would totally boost our viewership. <laughs> I think it would. Do what the would opposite. you wear when you would perform? Black. I had one black. Did hoodie. you paint your nails black? Uh, there was an instance that I did. Yeah. Did you wear eyeliner? No. Did you? We hung out with eyeliner kids. What position were you in the band? Is that what they're called? Positions? What instrument? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm using sports. Oh my terms. gosh. So Sorry, that probably went over called, your yeah. head. Yeah. I didn't get it. Uh, I played guitar and I sang. Lead vocals? No, because the lead vocals was like the guy who screamed, you know? Oh. And would you, so were backup vocals in your Christian metal band to reiterate for the listeners just so they really have that I think in they their got it, mind? Yeah. They got it. Um, were backup vocals also screaming or was that when the actual lyrics would come out? I would scream every now and then, but mostly like, um, I think Alexis on fire, but, but not as good. <laughs> <laughs> much, much worse. And did your church ever let you perform? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Would yeah. people, like, worship during it, or was it more of a performance? I'm beginning to feel uncomfortable with these questions. Fine. <laughs> I have so many questions. I've never heard of a Christian metal band. What? No, wow. I didn't think that was actually a thing. Oh, my goodness. We're everywhere. Like, we're <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. I was a chameleon, though. I could, like, hang out with the high school kids. I could hang out with the metal kids. We were social butterflies. You're so cool. Yeah, we got beat up a lot, but we were social. You got beat up? Your school got, people would be, the only time I ever heard of a high school fight at my high school was uh, a girl was mad at another girl, so she brought raw beef to school and then chased her down the street and threw raw beef at her. That's super messy. I just picture her in the morning being like, Mom. (laughs) Do you got any ground beef for me? Taking the beef. I'm saving that for taco night. Um, so wait a minute. You went to a high school that never had fights and never had social groups? No, I'm sure there were fights. It was a pretty rough high school. But I was actually one time there was a guy who got pushed out of the library windows. And yeah. it was like the second floor and fell onto the front lawn. Yeah, that's an instance of violence. I'd yeah, say. no, that's true. <laughs> I really I watched a lot of 80s movies growing up, like Dirty Dancing, John Hughes films. Say Anything is still one of my favorite movies with so John good. Cusack. It's so good. Uh, but revisiting them, like I went to see the 20th anniversary or whatever it was for Breakfast Club and went and saw it in theaters, which I was so excited for because I remembered loving it. Holy crap. It has some serious consent issues, like really, really bad consent issues. Yeah. Uh, so that was really upsetting. And then I watched 16 Candles, huge amounts of racism. Yeah. Um, and I haven't watched Pretty in Pink in a while because I... That sounds really bad, but I don't want to know. I I just love Ducky. I love him. So we watched 16 Candles, and obviously the famed character Long Duck Dong is in that. And it's like 
every time before the camera goes on him, they bang a gong. It's and like, really racist. Oh. It's so bad. And, and so, yeah, like my wife and I were sitting there watching it thinking like, okay, well, how do we categorize this in our brain? Like, is it still, can you still enjoy this knowing that in the 80s is probably like didn't even phase them like this probably but at the same time now and it's so bad it's very bad i don't i i guess i i don't know where to put it in my head well i think you can pull like john hughes had some really good lessons to learn in terms of comedic timing and like capturing certain parts of high school to be so true to reality of like the just the even in Sixteen Candles, how she reacts to her family forgetting her birthday, and like watching the sister getting married and all of the family interactions and just like the yeah. angst that comes with being in high school and ignored by your family is so real. And the comedy that comes from Molly Ringwald's experiences with that were so good. Um, but it is a product of a time where racism was very blatant. And used as a comedic device. And we've moved. I mean, we're moving away from that. And I think it's a hard thing to not ignore it and just accept it, but learn from it, I guess. I don't know how to articulate it because I yeah. haven't thought about it enough. But there's so many of those things that people will watch movies from back in the back in the day. <laughs> uh, and be like, like, oh, but there's, but there's, yeah, but there's like, like this thing or this character's characterized this way or they use this as a punchline um i think it's still a learning moment because people are still doing that all of the time yeah and i mean i think what really stands out in in that movie is is now so there's still a huge issue with like asian actors finding lead roles mm -hmm. like without a doubt um but like long duck dong in that movie has no he doesn't move the plot forward. His job's not to move the plot no, forward. No, he's, he's a just there to be like, yeah, yeah he's look a at this joke. Like it's it's not about what I feel, and like it's been like over thirty years since that movie came out. What I feel has been has moved the needle a little bit. Is there are more Asian characters taking roles that are that can help move the plot forward a bit better, and that are more involved in the story rather than like here's this joke over here. Yeah, we're starting to, well, even I was watching the Golden Globes, and I know you watch them too, yeah. and I haven't seen the show This Is Us. I don't think I, I, just, I don't have the mental like, capacity and for And I just don't want to cry emotional. all yeah. the time, but the actor that's in that, that one for yes. best actor in a drama TV show, whatever it was, talks about, and that it's now that he talks about, finally there was a role written for a black man. It wasn't. Uh, I went to a casting call and they're like, oh, this is an opportunity that we can yeah. cast this black yeah. man. But that's not who this role was intended for. But it's actually a like well-rounded depiction of this black character. And he was like, that is still something that needs to be. It should always be celebrated, but it's still something that's so unique even now. Mm -hmm. um, I thought that was still really eye-opening because I keep thinking like, oh, things are getting so much better. But he was like, this is still something that I did not experience in my career prior. I really like that distinction he drew between, oh, a black guy could play this part versus I'm writing this role for, for a, a black, black guy. guy. Yeah. yeah, it was very good. I love halfway through when he goes, hi, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I think just people were just like, oh, my God, Oprah is here. And she's just like front and center with Gail. I love Gail. And Stedman. But mainly Gail. I love Gail. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is good. Does Gail have a job? 
Yeah, isn't she a newscaster? Like she, I think she works on a talk show. Not like good, maybe Good Morning America, maybe like one of those. I feel like she was also maybe like editor of the O magazine. Because I appreciate the idea of like you could just be somebody's best friend and they become super famous and that's your job. There was a whole show about that when Paris Hilton was searching for her best friend. Yeah, that, I mean that was that's a little very. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. Did you see that Paris Hilton got engaged? Second question: Did you see how big her ring is? It is the biggest thing I've ever seen. I have a friend who dressed up as Paris Hilton from the early 2000s for Halloween, and she (gasps) tweeted it out, and Paris Hilton liked it or did like an LOL thing on her tweet. (gasps) Isn't that so amazing? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, It also shows how little Paris has going on. (laughs) What is she doing? Like, just looking at the hashtag Paris Hilton on Instagram? Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, someone finally recognized me. (laughs) Do you oh want to do, should we start a segment? Was that funny? Was that funny? No, he has to play the music and then you sing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Was it funny? Nobody knows, but we shall decide yeah. right now for us. But you can disagree and send us an email or something. We still haven't gotten any emails and I'd really like to get a, an email sometime. That'd be fine. Don't. I'm still holding on to those copies of Pushing Daisies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> What have you seen that's funny lately? Lady Bird was both heartbreaking and the funniest movie of the year, but I can't talk about it yet without just getting so emotional. So instead, I will talk about, have you seen the show Lovesick on Netflix? I haven't. Oh my God. I'm really JP, so- have you seen Lovesick? It's so... How does he see everything? Everything. It is so... Okay, the story of Lovesick is that it's a British TV show about this guy who finds out he has chlamydia. Hello. Yeah, it's like he's in the room. <laughs> and he finds out he has chlamydia. And so he has to, f- like, reach out to all of these women that he's had sex with over, like, the last eight years to tell them that they need to go get tested. And so each episode is him reaching out to one of the women, and you see their past relationship and what happened through it, and then you see the present, him telling them, and then also it follows his two best friends. It... Okay, it has a bad rep because originally when it came out, it was called Scrotal Recall. <laughs> and like, I remember seeing that and I was like, nah. And nobody watched it nah. because it sounded gross. I thought it was going to be a lot of balls. Like, And it is it is the sweetest, most endearing show about this, like, guy. It, it kind of. That's when the studio needs to be like, mm, <laughs> we got it. I can soften this up a little bit. Scrotal Recalls <laughs> just sound. <laughs> it like actually gives me like a visceral reaction. <laughs> oh my god! But it's to me he the main guy and it's too, but the main guy is everything that Ted on How I Met Your Mother could have been. Like he has the best parts of Ted without everything that made me. He's like lovesick and wants true love and is kind of self sabotaging about it. But you just love him because he's endearing and cute and co- I have a crush on him. So, okay. So yeah. Okay. So it's about him. Is it funny? It is really funny. Okay. It actually is because it's too like the dynamic between the three of them because it's about him having to reach out and relive all of these past relationships and kind of learn from them and see these people again. But also they're all in their like late twenties, early thirties. They live in a flat together. I say stuff like flat now. Wow, you're so British. Oh my god. Bon- you- Hello. No, my god. Where do you put Cut the garbage? <laughs> in the. Garbage can? There's a British term. Don't they say the bin? Oh, 
<laughs> okay. Put it, put it in the bin. No. no. Oh, uh, do it. Yikes. Uh, hello. No. <laughs> no. Don't. You're, I cannot do accents. I'm cutting to save you off from that. My life. Yeah. Uh, it's real. It's just. Do I have to cry at every time I want to laugh? I want to watch a comedy. Why am I crying? No, you're not going to cry at love sake. Okay. No, no, no. You won't cry at all. The thing is, I think I've realized I really like British TV shows because there's nothing glitzy about it. It's like. They don't look perfect. Their relationships aren't like over the top, either dramatic or too fabulous to mm -hmm. even relate to. It's just about this guy who's had eight relationships probably over the last four years. Some went better than others. Yeah, it's more than me. Some really. Yeah, most yeah. people have had more relationships than you. Yeah. Uh, some of the women are like tense with him. Some are like, oh, my God, I'm really excited. To and it's just this. It's so it plays so real. And I know I say that over and over, but I think that's what I've realized what I find funny. Yeah, it is. You know what we should do right now? What? I want to give relationship advice. Oh my God. Okay. I found a Dear Abby. Okay. Okay. But this time, do we have a segment uh, song for Dear Abby? <laughs> Dear Abby. Yeah, this is probably. Dear Abby, I'm so desperate for advice. Good. Thank you. That was good. Thank you. Okay. Her name's probably copyright, though. <laughs> <clears throat> so this time you're giving the advice. Yeah. So I guess just to recap, um, we did a segment where Christina gave really good advice to a woman in New York Thank whose you. husband didn't know how to use a computer. Right. Um, it was so spot on. And, and we figured that, like, you know. We both are very good in our own relationships. Oh my god, our we're like our relationships stars. are so. Just check out our Instagrams. <laughs> I'm the star of my relationship. You're the star of yours. Definitely. We're great. Like, <laughs> never look up pictures of our partners. It's funny because saying. it's a lie. Um. Anyway. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Dear Abby. Great. My son and his wife have been together ten years. Oh, so there's like a mom. They met and fell in love young. They're only 25 and have two beautiful children. They've been together for 10 years. Wow. Oh, but not married for 10. Oh, thank <laughs> God. I remarried three years ago, um, and my son's wife was instantly attracted to my 54-year-old husband. Wow, that's presumptuous, I'm guessing. <laughs> it's always uncomfortable for the two of us when they come to visit. She stares at him throughout the entire visit, tries to either sit right next to him or directly across from him, and Yikes. expects a hug every time they arrive and leave bracket we finally put a stop to it because she would wait to hug him last and then hold him extra long close bracket wow my husband husband confi confided that he's flattered a 25 year old gives him that much attention three years of this can be very wearing anything i can do and not lose my son awkward in the east thank you awkward in the east for that literally this is the the mom so I want to hear what like the advice is after this. Yeah, but you give your advice. So first. this is the mom who's like has her hot new husband who's super excited and obviously very into him. <laughs> who's 54. Who's 54. The and, girl is 25. And is like asking her son like, hey, do you think Victoria is um, attracted to your stepdad? And he's like, no, no, mom, you're crazy. And and then she's like, okay, hey, oh. Hey, Frank, do you think Victoria's a, and he's like, no. And then like, no, this is like her watching her daughter in law under a microscope like mm, that. That hug was a little long. Really? I don't know. I to always sit across 
or try to get the beside chair. Maybe she's like, hey, we're both new in this weird family where this woman is. She's not new, though. They've been there for 10. She's been there since she was 15. Well, she's clearly still an outsider because the mom's still suspicious. (laughs) Okay, so you think it's all like, what would you write back to Awkward in the East? Dear Awkward in the East, it's time to take a breath. Realize that your new hot old man husband is with you for a reason. And it's okay to share the seat beside him sometimes. So really, okay, when I read it, I didn't think it was all in her head. I was like, this girl's been with her partner for 10 years. Then there's this hot old man strutting into the apartment. And she's like, I got to sit next to him and get that extra. I do he like d- that. They stopped the hugs. Sit the back I'll be back uh, back over here. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, this is, I guarantee you this guy doesn't look like Jeff Goldblum. He looks like every other dad. <laughs> That's like, pass me a Bud Light. It is. No, now that I, now that I reread it, it is like... <laughs> It's not like it's like, and she's been playing footsies with him under the table and sending like inappropriate emails. It's like the hug lasted 25 seconds. Yeah. Okay. Like if there's also, if there's only four people at the table, you're pretty much sitting (laughs) across from them or beside them. The mom would would prepare, prefer the diagonal (laughs) position only. No, like. But uh, no, you're probably maybe right. maybe she's like, oh, this this husband of like the son probably wants to sit across from his mom or beside his mom. So that leaves me like. Th- OK, and really awkward in the East should really just talk to her son, be like, hey, I know, but she's scared of losing her son. If that's the <laughs> breaker, the if communication between the mom and the son is so bad that one comment, he's like, peace out, mom. We're not coming for next Christmas. Good luck <laughs> with Old man Bill. Also, what would the conversation be like, Stephen? Um, I didn't know how to bring this up with you, but your wife, that hug? Oh, God, Mom. <laughs> Gosh, leave me alone. I, we've been together for 10 years. Since we were in grade eight science, Ma. Yeah. Um, okay. And there's two. Oh, no. There are more than four people because they have two kids. So there's like. Oh, do they have two kids? She said two kids. Oh, yeah. They have two beautiful children. There is no way she's into your husband. I don't no, know. you're totally right. I don't know. Okay. All right. Let's hear the advice. Dear it's... Awkward, tell your son that it appears his wife has a crush on your husband and that while he is flattered that someone. No, what the fuck? <laughs> That his wife has a crush on your husband and that while he is flattered that someone so young would find him attractive, her behavior makes both of you uncomfortable. Then let him explain to her that it is time to cool her engines. (laughs) How does Dear Abby have this job? Did the the guy say it makes me uncomfortable? Did the dad say? He did confide that though he was flattered um, that he's not. Well, actually, no. Like it literally, is just that my husband confided that he's flattered that a twenty-five-year-old gives him that much attention. Period. That's amazing. Oh my god! So the so, <laughs> so 
the mom is like, oh, you should know. Um, uh, Victoria thinks you're really attractive. I can tell. And he's like, really? Oh, I am flat. I will put a stop to this immediately for you. And he's like, well, whatever. maybe we could keep maybe we could keep hugging. Yeah. Let's also, hug. we don't know because he has no problem with this. So we have no idea who's making the hugs extra long. <laughs> yeah, maybe, <laughs> like, maybe he's, he's the one that's like, oh, my goodness, he smells so good. <laughs> you're so beautiful. <laughs> Wow. That is the worst advice. Yeah. Basically, it's like you're tell your son that his wife is horny and, and to, to cool her engines. Could you if someone came up to me and was like, um, you sat across from my stepdad again. And it's just like, <laughs> could you just cool your engines already? We have kids. Because if if we're being honest, the thing I hear most often is after you have kids, your sex drive is pretty low. <laughs> And uh, I'm sure he's not like, yeah, I'm going to tell her to be less horny. Yeah. <laughs> Dear God. First priority. Hey, cool it. Cool it. Cool your hand. Do we have to go feed the kids or something? He's flattered, but mom's <laughs> uncomfortable. He's fine with it, though. Or he's just not making a comment on it. Oh, that was a fun yeah. one. I love this segment. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but again, if you want relationship advice from these two wise people that are the stars of their own relationships, like, let us know. We have pooled together, like, um, like I've dated maybe three people. And I have you've three. So, so pooled yeah. together, we've dated six people. Less than that guy from that show. Which show? Scrotal Recall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's Dear Abby. Are you excited for the Olympics? <gasps> oh, my God. Uh, I politically want to hate the Olympics, but emotionally, I'm so invested. I also politically, but am so in love with the Olympics. I could watch slow motion video oh of my people God. celebrating with oh my like, God. a beautiful song in the background. And has the Olympic theme song come out yet? Because I need a new one. I've been listening to Rise by Katie, but I need something new. Um, But I am... I just... I love watching the YouTube videos where, yeah, it pools together winning. Like when people are up on the podium or like the last moment they get across the finish line. But I also love watching ones where someone fails. Mm. And, and then like somebody helps him help. get. Oh, oh my, my God. I, uh, I, I just cry. I cry all the time, but I cry oh, yeah, most I cry at Olympic videos. Time. Like yeah. at Olympic stuff, seeing. And patriotism is bullshit. It but is. I am the most Canadiana during okay. the Olympics. Uh, that's not me at all. I don't judge you. It's just not me at all. I to, <laughs> no, I don't judge you. But, but um, and it makes for me because I'm so sportive. Yeah, me it's, too. It's more the like, just how hard these Olympians have worked to get there for one shot in four for years. One shot in four years. Like it is such a testament to hard work. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, if people start crying at the Olympics, like at any point, like an athlete, I, I will oh as well. Oh, my God. Do you remember during the Winter Olympics? Was it was it four years ago? Um, the, it's that guy who the Canadian guy who skis moguls and his brother um, who has a disability is his biggest fan and would like come up and hug him after. I just like sobbing. Oh, my goodness. Oh, every my time. God. Uh, OK. OK. See you at the Let's Olympics. Let's get our guest ready oh, yeah, to go. Oh, our guest. Yay! Yay! <laughs> All right, so this is a pretty monumental moment. It's huge. It's not, it's not monumental. Okay, but it's episode 10, so that's important to know. 
Number one. Number one. And second, we've invited our first stand-up comedian to join us. Yeah. Sorry. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes. I'm super excited. So welcome, Tash Navid. Welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank um, you thanks for, for coming thank to join us. Oh, thank you. We uh, just are threatened by you because you can actually write jokes and neither of us can. You know. So. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. When I go into an improv venue, I always feel intimidated because I feel like, what am I lacking that I can't come up with stuff on the spot? What so. you have is social skills. <laughs> what we are lacking is social skills. Um, well, yeah, welcome. Thanks for coming and hanging oh, out with us. It's great to be here. Um, I've seen you recently perform at, uh, well, an Ottawa stand-up club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and was that the first time you'd seen him perform as well? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I performed the same night and you were super nice to me in the, I use green room in quote because it really just looks like a garbage I've, room yeah. that they've put a couch in is, there. Is that the reason that you guys got me up? Because I was nice to you in the green room? <laughs> it's like, we got to get this is, guy. He's so nice. <laughs> uh, but let's just even start out pretty, like, pretty basic. How long have you been doing stand-up for? Um, like four, four and a half years. Oh, nice. Long so, time. like, when you're stepping out on stage now, like, do you feel like, yes, I can own the stage? Like, are you pretty comfortable in your own skin? Um... I, not really. You always get the jitters before you go on because you're not really sure how it's going to end up. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's shifted from uh, it's shifted from me asking m myself whether I'm going to bomb tonight or not to whether or not I can work on the things that I've come to work on. Like bombing isn't as much of a concern as it is. This is what I have to work on today. Can I get through? Can I get everything? Can I achieve all my objectives? Yeah. Yeah. You have a very dry sense of humor. Like when, when you're telling your, like your Could joke. Could you imagine if he was like, that's not what, that's I'm, not what I'm going for. for. <laughs> no. And, and, and honestly, for some people, like for me, that was like right up my alley. For some people, you could go into a venue and the crowd just that day is not, does that throw you off at this point? Or are you like, no, I, I can keep powering through on my very like dry sense of humor. The focus would be at this point, at this point, I like in four years, you don't really have an audience that you've generated for yourself. That's pretty much coming to see you to see you. So you're doing all the venues that you can yeah. get. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you do all the ones that you can get and then walk into a room. I can probably tell whether or not this crowd is going to be uh, my crowd or not. Uh, I've generally noticed that my crowds are already into listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I think. I need audiences that are willing to wait a bit for what I want to say because I usually slow my pace mm -hmm. down and then I also tell really long stories. So what I start off with might only pay off at the very end. So you have to pull through. It's not you get a joke and then if you don't listen to the next joke, the third joke is fine. It's all like you of have the to jokes, see it all. Yeah, all of the jokes are connected to one piece that I'm bringing. So yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even see myself as doing jokes to be very honest i go in to do a set yeah like, that's the objective i have a seven minute set and uh what do i want from this it's like an like i think about it like a whole as opposed to like yeah. fragments yeah right i think that's the type of comedy i like more like i require a story to stay engaged if it's just and not that this isn't funny it's just the humor i find less enjoyable is one joke completely separate joke completely separate joke 
because I think it takes my mind a little bit to catch up that we're talking about something new. So by the time the punchlines come, I'm like, oh, we've gone to, from talking about <laughs> politics to talking about this. I'm like, I lost We're on it. tacos now. <laughs> like, come on, and so, I mean, I'm just starting to do stand-up and I'm very, very new. But everything I've been thinking of is how does this then feed into this? Mm. And how does that, and similar, it's not like one story, but everything needs to sort of glide together that someone can follow me and how slow my mind works. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know. I think that there is two completely different styles of uh, stand-up comedy. Wait, this, I, I think you can divide it into two distinctly. One is one-liners and one is the long-form yeah. people. Um, but I actually do long form because I find one line is very hard to do. So <laughs> They're so hard to do. Like you have to be so good. It's almost like, I don't want to compare it with writing poetry and prose, but I would say it's just like, it's a different ball game. Yeah. Right? Your delivery is such that even though you're telling, you're out there telling a story and the mm -hmm. payoffs at the end, you have... Your, through your delivery, you have jokes throughout. So you keep people, mm -hmm. like it wasn't like nobody, like start, nobody laughs and then they laugh at the end. Like people were laughing throughout, but that probably came with time, right? Yes, I, <laughs> that definitely came with time. But I mean, uh, the, the clubs are like a corporate structure where, I mean, they they want to see a result, the result-based. Uh, I don't think the clubs are there to facilitate art as much as they are people have paid make them laugh yeah like you know yeah. uh, commercial uh thing so you have to make them laugh throughout if you want to constantly keep getting back on the like like on the club stages but uh i mean i have nothing against making people laugh i mean that's why i'm doing it but uh, uh like i the delivery i don't know i i don't like I don't know how to explain it. The delivery is taking a while, but I also uh, like I've I've taken the other route, like in a sense that uh, like I was talking about how if the crowd's rowdy, I I don't know if it's worth it for me to do that set. So now I go in where I'm like, if a crowd is rowdy, I want to make sure they get absolutely nothing from this. So in the sense that I will. <laughs> I, I will slow my set down and speak so softly that if it's a rowdy, he's like, oh, what is he saying? I, I, just, I just don't get anything. So, so I'm tuning it so hard for people that who are like extremely attentive will only get the benefits yeah, yeah. of my. So I'm just like double down and like, if you're, you're gonna be, I don't know. It's, 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 I don't know what I'm doing with the delivery, to be honest. I'm still experimenting with, yeah. I think you're, you saw me doing like a weird slow pace line by line. It's it very good. It's very good. Yeah. About, about milk in Bangladesh. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was okay. That's uh, okay. That's the story. Of my grand. Yeah. Okay. Th that's a completely different. But there's another <laughs> one that I do where I come in and I uh, just pretend like I'm a robot. So then, uh, <laughs> like every line is uh, seems like a one-liner setting up for the next one, but the entire set is completely connected. But it's just like slowly building up and there's long pauses where people are like not sure whether or not i am normal oh god that's so brave i, I i'm just i'm not a big fan of just general stand-up comedy that i see all the time and i always want to do anything different that i can possibly do that's so amazing. i'll try anything that's not the same yeah i don't know how i got into stand-up to be very honest I um i found myself just like one day doing it because i was very depressed and i started going to comedy clubs because it was making me 
feel better mm-hmm. about my life. And then uh, during the same time, I was also going uh, to therapy uh, after I graduated from university because I was, uh, I mean, just about the time I was graduating from university yeah. uh, because I wasn't really sure whether I wanted to continue in the field that I was studying. Yeah, yeah. And I had already spent four years and I'd almost had a degree. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm probably going to kill myself because uh, this is not huh. going very well for me. And uh, the therapist told me, she's like, oh, like, I mean, you can't just kill yourself. Why don't you? Like, why is therapist? Oh, yeah. She's like, why don't you wait a bit? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> give yourself some time. You just <laughs> got out. Oh, 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 hold on. Hold on. <laughs> So then, I mean, I I don't know, the whole waiting a bit sounded wise. <laughs> so wise. Yeah, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll look at things um, and see how things go. Um, but I uh, started, like, watching a lot of stand-up, and then at some point I got, like, I was going a lot to stand-up to feel better, or, like, just get to laugh and whatnot. But then it got to a point where I was watching Wednesdays and Thursdays. Wednesdays is amateurs and Thursdays is pros. And I was watching them and I, I, I got a feeling after like a couple of months that I'm like, this is something that I can easily do. But once I started doing stand-up, the first time I did it, I did kind of well. And then I got really hooked to it. Like it turned into an addiction <laughs> yeah, at some yeah. point where it was making me feel better. And now I had this thing where I could get better at Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah, I, just, I, I kind of fell into it and I just can't see myself doing doing anything else with my time right now. That's amazing. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you want to try improv right now? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Let's do it. I've done a little bit of improv before, but uh, not to have a good at it. Uh, so, OK, so we'll we'll give a premise and then we'll do a scene with you. Is that OK? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Uh, my premise is going to be uh, a hipster coffee shop. All right. Okay. I did not come prepared. <laughs> <laughs> We're always like so hard on, I guess, like, so you brought a premise, Did you bring right? a premise for us? <laughs> okay, hipster coffee shop. Here we go. All right. Uh, excuse me? Yeah, uh, you're here. What? Sorry, I, I don't actually want a coffee from you. I'm just looking. Um, is there actually a Starbucks in the neighborhood? It's funny that you say that. Um We're actually taking all of uh, Starbucks customers because... Um, it's just it's it's uh it you should know that you should know something about this neighborhood. No, sorry, I really just want my you, tall blonde. Sure, you should know something about this neighborhood. We don't actually um serve people like you that like Starbucks. So even if I wanted a coffee here, I couldn't even get one. So you should really just tell me where the Starbucks is. Actually, let me just call my manager. We have we have something that will kind of help you out here. Just find what you're looking for. Oh my Excuse God. me, Tash, okay. can you come can you come in here? Oh, God, what's the problem? Hi, sorry, this is so ridiculous that he called you in for this. This is such a simp. Are you here looking for the Starbucks? Yeah, it's just my phone died in the cold. I don't have Google Maps. It's just your coffee shop. It reeks of pretension. And I feel like Starbucks is for the people. Um, Please don't stand on our Dutch uh, stool there. That's not for you. That's for Starbucks isn't even present on this entire island that we exist on. Did There's not even a Starbucks here. No, when did you get to this place? Um, I took the ferry, I took the two o'clock ferry to Salt Spring in British Columbia. One question. Yeah. When, when does the ferry leave? It said there was like a there was one tomorrow at two. There's one mm-hmm. sailing each day, and you're gonna want to wait for that because it's not. You're gonna want to go back and wait for that right now. No, I so 
okay, if I can't get Starbucks, I guess I'll get something here. I don't understand why you're not going to serve me now. No, we will serve you. Thank you. Your employee. Can I be honest with you? What was it? Tash? Um, Yes. What? And your name? Don't care. It doesn't matter. To be totally honest. It's Mikhail. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it is Mikhail. Um, It's that your employee, I'm a paying customer. And yes, I came in looking for somewhere else. But now I know this is my only option. Um, and I would like to buy a uh, double macchiato, extra foam, hold the cinnamon. And he's saying that I can't have that. And I feel like you need to discipline it him. It would be like if I came to your work. I'm where actually do you work? talking I'm to your sorry. manager yeah. right now. But we're the, we're, we, li- we work at a flat organization. Yeah. Um, he manages me in the sense that he makes the schedule, but we're equal here. I don't know about your where you're from. Yeah, I'm a mom blogger, okay. so it's also flat in the sense that uh, my I'm I'm my kids sort of manage me in the sense that I require them to make my livelihood. So please allow me to say it. This would be like if I went to your mom blog and said, "Excuse me, is there a dad blogger around here?" And I would tell you that Ted down the street has an excellent dad blog with great <sighs> smoothie recipes. Um, Sorry, Tash, could you please deal with the situation? Well, I mean, we don't normally discipline our employees because... uh, And this is what they turn into. Well, I mean, we have a free-spirited employment place where... Oh my God, this place is so uh, pretentious. I live in the basement. Yeah, he's also my son, so... Yeah, I I could have guessed that. Thanks, Dad. A mile away. A mile away. Listen, we're getting ready to close for our afternoon nap time. Yes. Um, where am I? Where, Did I take a two o'clock ferry to like 1985? That is the name of this island. Wow. Dad, is it okay if I get the beanbag chairs for nap time? And I'm sorry, your name is Mom Blogger? You're I don't know. More than welcome to join us you can the nap. You... You can nap with us. So a, I can't order something. You can, you can nap, nap with, with us. us. But I can nap with you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I actually am on the island looking at um, a breast milk farm up the street for my blog. So I actually don't have time to nap. I actually have a full-time job. We also own that farm. Yes. It's called Tash and Sons Breast Milk Farm. You, uh, you own the breast milk farm? Yes. We're really good at breast milk. I would like to apologize for yelling earlier. Um, I really need to review the breast milk farm. My followers have been demanding it for some time. We're really popular in the mom blogging. Well, I mean, you could have our coffee. We always add the breast milk to the coffee. End it there. (laughs) What a weird thing. What would a breast milk farm look like? I don't know. Just... Breasts. I was gonna start talking about how it was free range, but now I was like, I don't know where to go. <laughs> then I'm painting there. a picture of women walking around with yeah. breast pumps on. Yeah, I, I just don't want it to seem like it's like you're farming. I think it's more like if a woman produces too much breast milk, she donates it to the farm for people that can't produce breast milk but would still want to breast milk their child. Yeah. <laughs> just to clarify for our listeners, I don't <laughs> picture it being this like horrible place where women are farmed for their breast milk. I think it's like a voluntary like, community of sharing yes. breast milk. Um, Oh, a breast milk bank. That makes more sense. Okay, listeners, to clarify, I don't (laughs) think it's a breast milk farm. It's a breast milk 
bank. Mm. But how was that? Uh, thanks for doing an improv scene. Thank oh, well, thanks for allowing me to do that. That was pretty fun. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> it got weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. You're thank welcome. you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Scene Partners on Twitter. Uh, and just, it was a breast milk <laughs> bank. Yikes. <laughs> Today's episode was recorded in Ottawa, Ontario at Pop-Up Podcasting, featuring Christina Muehlberger and Ryan Mulligan, recorded by J.P. Davidson, and featuring music by Nikolai Haidless, Mr. Gavin, and Fox Beat Music, all available on SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Listener.